back with another video uh, for you from the Refuting Calvinism channel, uh, helping you to refute Calvinism uh, piece by piece, verse by verse. And today we're going to do another video in the series of Calvinism versus the early church fathers, looking at their writings, early church fathers' writings. And what I mean once again by the early church fathers is the Anthonicene fathers, the fathers before the Nicene Council, uh, pre-Augustinian fathers, who were basically uh, agreeing on almost every single little thing. No denominations, no separation between them, uh, simply agreement on almost everything, especially when it comes to theology. Okay, uh, today we're going to look at this issue of the age of accountability. Now, once again, I'm not saying that, uh, just, just a little disclaimer here, I put this on every single video I do in this series because people won't look at it every video in this series. Um, I'm not saying that Holy Church Father's writings is scripture. I'm not equating it to scripture. I'm not saying their writings are inspired. I'm not holding their writings above scripture. I'm not even saying we should interpret the Bible through their writings. But they are important writings. I, I, do, I do think that they are important. They give us a glimpse into what the, the theology of the early church was, of the, the disciples of the apostles, the disciples of the disciples of the apostles, etc. All up to the 4th century AD. Um, so, but I'm just refuting this idea, this assertion by Calvinists that uh, their beliefs, Calvinism, is orthodox and historical. And that it always has been that way back to the beginning. It's not true. And hopefully you've seen that through the videos I've done so far on this issue of uh, Calvinism versus the early church. Okay, so today we're going to look at the, this idea of the age of accountability. And before I get into early church fathers, I'll simply say that um, going back even further than the early church fathers, no Jew, and no, no, there's no doctrine in Jewish or Israelite history of this original sin doctrine or this uh, um, no age of accountability doctrine. They had an age of accountability. They had something called a bar mitzvah. And a bar mitzvah, um, if you weren't uh, mature enough then to be accountable to God, you were. Now you were. You're definitely to it by now. And it was a different age for a boy than it was for a girl. I think it was a year older for a girl than it was for a boy when it had this event where they're considered now accountable. They're considered to be, come to manhood or womanhood. And they're now accountable for their actions. Uh, so even in Jewish history, there's no such thing as original sin, and there's this idea of an age of accountability. Okay, so let's look at some quotes from the early church fathers, and let's see what they had to say. Alright, the first one's coming from Hermas, around 150 AD. They are as infant children, in whose hearts no evil originates, nor did they know what wickedness is, but always remained as children. So infant or children, there's no evil in their heart, no evil originates there. They're only innocent. Uh, they did not even know what wickedness is, but they remained as children. That's Hermas, around 150 A.D., 2nd century, early church father. Okay, let's go on to uh, Athenagoras. I think that's how you pronounce it anyway. He's not, I haven't read many of his writings, but uh, here's a good quote from him, and he's writing around 175 A.D. If only a just judgment were the cause of the resurrection, it would of course follow that those who had done neither evil nor good, done neither evil nor good, namely very young children, would not rise again. However, you said all persons are to rise again, including those who have died in infancy. Okay, so he's, he's acknowledging here 
that infants have done neither good nor evil. So there implies there an age of accountability. Then writing around 180 AD, <clears throat> is Irenaeus, or as some say, I suppose to pronounce it as Irenaeus, or Irenaeus. <clears throat> so it's, people are different pronounce it different ways. So I've always been taught Irenaeus. But anyway, who are they that have been saved and have received the inheritance? Those, doubtless, who believe God and who have continued in his love, as did Caleb of Jephunneh and Joshua of Nun, and innocent children <clears throat> who've had no sense of evil. No sense of evil. Innocent children. And he's uh, lining them up with Joshua and Caleb, the two uh, spies who went into the, the promised land, who said we should go into the land, and they were the ones who lived to see the promised land themselves. And Joshua was the first judge of the land. That's written around 180 A.D., Irenaeus. Then we have around 207 A.D. This is Tertullian. He says, Behold, Christ takes infants and teaches how all should be like them. If they ever wish to be greater... However, the Gnostics point out that the Creator, in contrast, let loose bears against children in order to avenge his prophet Elisha, who had been mocked by them. This antithesis is, is impudent enough since it throws together things so different as infants and children. The first is an age that is still innocent. The other is one already capable of discretion, able to mock, if not blaspheme. Therefore, God is a just God. So he's comparing infant with children here. And he's saying that, <clears throat> that the uh, children, in the situation of mocking Elisha and God turning the bears on his children to, eat that, to kill them, uh, they weren't infants, they weren't babies, they weren't toddlers, they were really youth. I think how the Bible uh, translates it, youth. And there's a difference between youth and being a baby or being a toddler or even being a child. There's a difference there. And that's why the Bible always makes it clear that we're sinners from our youth. Our youth. So, uh, obviously Tertullian believes in this age of innocence, of being innocent, and, and therefore God is just in killing these children because they weren't innocent, or these youth because they weren't innocent. They were to this age of reason and understanding, capable of discretion, able to mock if not to blaspheme. Therefore God is a just God. But I want to point out one thing here, is Tertullian is coming against what group? The Gnostics. The Gnostics. And it's uh, Calvinism and Gnosticism have a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. And maybe someday I'll do a, a series on that. Calvinism versus Gnosticism. You can see all the similarities between the two and how um, you know the early church rejected the teachings of Gnosticism and how if Calvinism was alive then, they would have rejected those teachings as well. Alright, so that was Tertullian around 207 A.D. Now we have Tertullian writing again, this time around 210 A.D. If you mean the region in Hades of the good, why should you judge the souls of infants and of virgins to be unworthy of such a resting place? Those who by reason of their condition in life were pure and innocent. So Tertullian is talking about this issue of Abraham's bosom, the upper part of Hades, or paradise, where the righteous go when they die. Now, I'm not going to get into that right now. That's, uh, I'll, I'll probably have that, I have a t whole teaching on that, almost about an hour long, that I upload to my other YouTube channel, Skelly's 3. And you can see that later. Uh, but Tertullian is saying that, why are you saying that virgins and, and innocent children 
our infants are not worthy of such a place as Abraham's bosom or paradise. They are worthy because they are pure and innocent in their condition in life. Pure and innocent. So he sees there is this purity and innocence in infancy. And then Cyprian, writing around 250 A.D., says, Infancy is still yet innocent and unconscious of worldly evil. And that's from Cyprian, writing around 250 A.D. And I guess I'll just stop the quotes there. There's, there's a few more, but I'm not going to go too far into it. But the point, of the, the fact of the matter is, the early church, it's very obvious, very clear from these quotes I've been giving you. They didn't believe in original sin. They believed in the age of accountability. That, that children, infants, um, even mentally handicapped, automatically went to heaven or Abraham's bosom or paradise or that part of Hades. They went there because they're pure and innocent in God's sight. They're not to the age of reasoning or understanding yet. And... Uh, God, God doesn't hold, if they do do something that we would consider sinful, if we did it as adults, as knowledgeable, reasonable, understanding adults who know these things, what these things are, if we did it, it would be, be considered a sin for us. But when they do it, God does not hold them accountable for it, because not to the age of reason yet, uh, they haven't come to maturity yet. And I'll just say one more thing on this issue of age of accountability. Uh, it really should probably be called the state of accountability. You notice that in these quotes I gave you, they didn't give an exact age, like 12 or 13 or 14 or 6 or 7. Uh, they're simply saying that they're pure and innocent in God's eyes. Now, it'll be different for each person, I believe. If you're in a Christian household, you come to these, this state of accountability uh, earlier than people who aren't raised in a Christian household because you're being taught the commands of God if your parents really are Christians being raised in a Christian household. Uh, but I think one thing we can see uh, by looking at the example of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were naked, did not know it. They were innocent, and it's very similar to childhood and infancy. I have a six-year-old son who, if I didn't tell him to go change his clothes behind closed doors, he would do it out in the open and wouldn't care one bit. And he's six years old. And uh, what happened when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil? Well, the first thing they did was get dressed. They tried to put some coverings on. They realized they were naked. And my assertion is this, that the state of accountability will happen right around the same time that children realize that they're naked and they realize that they need to get changed behind closed doors. They need to cover themselves up. Now, obviously, as parents, we teach our children to do that before they even want to do it themselves, but it, the, when, they, when they finally do it naturally, all by themselves, I would say they're either at the state of accountability or they're really, really close to it. So their brain has developed far enough, their, their body is developing, and now their soul is developing enough to understand these things and to be able to um, reject God's commands, re, uh, reject their conscience, or accept it. Uh, so that, that's, that's just a little side note on the state of accountability. I think we can get some, glean some insights from the story of Adam and Eve and what happened with them. And um, Alright, so that's it for this, this uh, video concerning... Calvinism versus the early church on this issue of the age of accountability, which I titled that because everyone calls it that, but it's really just the state of accountability. Because I would say if someone's mentally handicapped, even at 40 years old, they're not to the state of accountability if they don't understand these things. So anyway, until next time, this has been Refuting Cows on the YouTube channel, and God bless.